Okay, good afternoon everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the BC Moto headquarters. I'm here this afternoon doing another great episode of the Tech Tuesday. I believe this is our 46th episode, which is pretty exciting. Thank you so much for the hearts, thank you for joining us. And for those of you on YouTube, thank you as well for joining us. This is where every Tuesday we interact in a very nice tech situation. For all of you out there all across the globe. And hello Sam, good seeing you. Hello PB Umber, P Bumber. Hello Bezel. And uh, Ahmad, good seeing you as well. Toby, Lagos, ah, how buddy now? Hope things there come be. Thank you so much. South Carolina in the house, hello Photosonic. Good afternoon, everyone. I really, really appreciate all your interaction today. I'm very excited. CB7, another fellow Accord enthusiast. Thank you so much. I'm here at the shop. I know, dipping deep. It's been crazy. We're here working away. Drones over there, Alan's over there, Aaron's over there. We're working away, trying to get ready for the crazy SEMA stuff. And I had to get things going this morning, which is pretty. So please forgive me. You are snowed in, Dell. It is warm here. I'm actually sweating here in Southern California. We're here in Ontario, California, which is pretty nice. Zama, good seeing you from France. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Guys, I appreciate your interaction and everything. Hello, that Joe guy. Cheers to you as well. And thank you very much for interacting with me today. It's been almost a year. Next month will be a year since we've been doing this. And I support, I really appreciate all your support from all around the globe. Turbo to go, thank you so much. Tony, thank you so much for the kind words. I appreciate that indeed. And this SEMA is going to be a crazy one. We have so many projects, but I guarantee you the team will not disappoint. I have a great team here. Sam's over there keeping things going. It's really good. Flat 6 Chris, I'm so sorry. I couldn't make it to Rensport. Rensport, guys, is like the biggest Porsche gathering in the West. There are tons of things to do there, tons of cars to see. Historical races at Laguna Seca. It's awesome. I have opportunity to take or have taken the blue 911 right there, 850 horsepower. And this right here, the Boxman, center seat, which is pretty cool as well, but I didn't get to go there at all. Hello, Hilto Maestro, thanks so much. AJ from across the pond, thanks so much. Dusty, what's up? Randy Ornez, good seeing you as well. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. And guys, I really, really appreciate that. Good evening to you, AJ. And I see he's saying good evening to all of you as well, which is pretty nice, you know? Cheers, my pleasure, Drive Snapshots. Your photograph was so awesome. I wish I could have met you out there in Monterey. It was really great, you know? So JDM Type S, I could tune a Nissan depending on what engine management you have and what year I make a model. So let me know and maybe I can let, I can, you know, get a crack at your vehicle. I'm very particular with how I tune and my tuning style, but I'm really slammed onto the end of this month. Hello, Lab Media. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, Porsche does rule, but you know I love our cars. As you can see right behind me is a rear-wheel drive converted Hyundai. That is the most powerful Hyundai on the planet, 1100 horsepower. And that particular Hyundai, Sam, who's right here, helped with that as well, tremendously with that, you know? My favorite car, I would say there are three, um, depending on certain parameters. So in terms of the most popular one that's fun to drive, that when I put that together, it's fantastic, is this right here. The Odyssey, I'm touching it right here, right next to me, is the 1000 horsepower Odyssey. This is the most recognizable car in our fleet, which is amazing and very difficult to, to put together. It took us seven weeks to build, a lot of work. I don't want to do that again, but it's been the most popular car in our arsenal. So it's a lot of fun to drive a car like that with so much recognition. Now, when it comes to a fun car that's also frightening, that blue one right there, that takes the cake. That thing is absolutely scary. That's the car that Matt Farad drove and said it shouldn't be on the streets. Spike Ferguson drove and said, oh my God, this thing is absolutely fantastic to drive. It's really scary indeed. 
But when it comes to just sheer all-round fun, a vehicle that, how should I say, really places emphasis on the driver and something that's very unique and very exciting to drive, I would say it's definitely the center seat boxman right here, which is very nice, you know? Center seat is absolutely fantastic, you know? Um, that Joe one guy is asking, can he stroke his D6 and A6 and what kind of work is involved? Yes, you can. There are two ways to really incre increase displacement on an A6. One is by stroking it, by either getting a custom crank, which could be quite expensive, or by offset grinding and re-welding the crankshaft, which is more cost-effective, but has to be done by the right person. And the second way is to increase the displacement by a bigger bore, which you can do that without going with a bigger stroke and gain some more CCs, also destroy the valves and create opportunity for more reliable power. Um, especially in a setup, you can really make a lot of power by destroying and going bigger bore, which is pretty nice. And I have pushed our bore up to 78. I've had customers go as far as 80, which is crazy from 75 millimeters. So you can do that, you know? Dusty wants to ask when you come by the shop. It has to be after SEMA. So we're going to be tied up until the first week of November. After that, we can make sure that something happens. There are seven of us here, Boostin, just to ask. Um, Nissan, 2009 Nissan. It depends on what kind of Nissan JDM Type S. If it's a 350Z, I don't have a software solution for you at this time. I mean, 370. 350, we have an AM Infinity that we can help you with. Hello, Dan the Man, good seeing you, you know? So Maddie is saying that he's really interested in the boosted Honda Fit that we, we made. I no longer had it. We had a very nice chap, Sam, who purchased it. But I'll be more than happy to help you. I may even have some parts left over. I think I have some pistons I can let you have for a pretty cost-effective. And I can give you some guidance with that. That shouldn't be a challenge at all, you know? Hello, Hyler, good seeing you. He wants to know, okay, Maddie, yes, we talked about that. Thumbs up to you as well, Sam. My pleasure following Art, follows Art. Um, any advice on what to do for a 9904 Odyssey to have a turbo on it? Wow, there's quite a bit you can do. I can say for one, if you want something that is extremely robust from a drivetrain perspective, you may want to upgrade to a manual gearbox. That's the way to go, if you're automatic. And also, more advice for a turbo kit on is to choose the best parts, period. I'm a huge advocate of the precision turbos and also turbonetics. They're extremely reliable and they back up enthusiasts like us in case you have a problem. Also, choosing an engine management solution that is very good is the way to go as well, which is nice, you know? Um, Dusty, I do not tune Link, unfortunately. I'm so sorry about that. Uh, let's see. Do we still carry F22 B1 cams in stock? So, Senor Quest is asking, do I carry that? We don't, we never carried F22 B1 because those are regrinds. So, what typically happens is a customer sends in the factory core, or if we have some, we can source it for them. Um, from Honda, it's a little more expensive that way, and we get them reprofiled, and that way we can do that, but it's not something we stock. Can we help you with that? It depends on how patient you are, because right now we're slammed. Very loud. Guys still working away, you know? Okay, oh, thank you so much, Garcia. I'm glad you liked it. I'm telling you, the pure... So he came by and got some pure all. I don't think he got 020, but it makes a big difference. So he had the opportunity to experience, and you can feel the difference. It's amazing. And I've noticed, Garcia, if you pay attention, your idol is even much nicer, too. That stuff is really nice. CB7, Jeff, no, my site is not down. My site is active. What you may have noticed on the BC Motor Web Store is that we've pulled away from retail. So we're starting to do more bigger projects, do more wholesale stuff, and so on and so forth. So we don't, but if there's something that you need, I may still have some stuff laying around. If it's valve train, I have some of that left. I'll be more than happy to give you a great deal on it. But our retail, we're really pulling away from that significantly. So forgive me, please. Hello, Reaper. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. 
D17 crankshaft and D16. Try and find Super D article in Super C. Well, I helped, um, what is his name? Oh, um, not Armando. I'm trying to remember his name with a Super D. Yes, you can do that, but it limits you with a D17 crank. And it doesn't turn the right way either. Hello, Hills and Clutch. Thank you for joining us. Well, L, thank you so much. My pleasure, Checo. Okay, what up, bro? Says Donovan. Work on a 97 Odyssey EX swap going motor X-ray too. Do you have the transmission? Because I found out that I can still use the same transmission on the 97 on Odyssey. Yes, you can, but if it's manual, that's the way to go. The automatic is not great. Greetings as well, EJ8. Thank you so much. Sounds good. Um, does K-Tuner work on automatic transmissions for Accord 2010? I don't know offhand. So typically, I go on K-Tuner's site to look at what applications they have. I know we've done a lot of Ridgelines automatics, a lot of Accord automatics in that year range. So I encourage you to go and take a look at the K-Tuner site and see what they have. And if they do, we can help you tune that without qualm. Uh, would an automatic gearbox work from a TL um, for the boost? It would work, but it wouldn't handle that much power. So when you start going north of 300, 350 wheel, the automatic clutches just can't handle it. So that's the time to definitely upgrade to something more manual. Do I do any work on K-Series? Yes, we do. Right there, you can't see it, but there's a Civic SI right here with a K-Series, and we're working on stuff as we speak, so that's not a challenge, you know? Um, EJA says that it didn't let him purchase Pro from the website. That's strange, I need to look into that. So I'll definitely have our web designer look into that and find out. You should be able to purchase from the site without qualm, you know? Um, so to answer your question, you don't carry them, but can you help me out with it? I'm patient as you need to be. That, yes, I can help you out with a profile. Um, that being said, send me a DM and I'll see what I can do to help you out. Or better yet, write to us at sales at bcmodel.com. Hello, PV Forever, PVW. So I think it's PVW Forever. Good seeing you all the way from New Jersey. Hello, Boca. Thank you so much. Willie, I am doing great. Fox, great guy. Thank you so much for your support on the crazy project that they're working on right now. Hello, Leo, Owen. Wow, so much love you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I really appreciate it, you know? So, Dark Wright is asking, could I elaborate a little bit on your D17 comments? So, to t share that with you, the Super D we're involved with, it had our BC motor header on it. We helped with de development on the, cam on the camshaft. The crankshaft, I know there were some modifications that had to be done to allow the D17 to work properly. And the D17 engine turns clockwise. The D16A6 turns counterclockwise. And as far as I'm concerned, that makes a difference in the oiling and how it feeds the rods. So, how good is the longevity if you drive that daily? I don't know because typically with crank manufacturers, they design the chamfers and holes in a crankshaft to feed properly based on the direction of the crankshaft. So, even though it may dimensionally fit, is it the best opportunity to be able to allow for a reliable concept? I do not know. Everything from the top end up, no problem. When I ran D16A6s, I used a stock crank and went bigger bore. And whenever I played with stroke, I de-stroked. I welded, offset ground, and then went the other direction to make a more of a, a smaller displacement, higher revving engine. So that's, that's my thoughts on that. I hope that helps. Thank you so much, Leo. Um, if you want the shirts, we have access to them. There's a company that makes it for us. It's not something I do in-house. I can be able to point you in the direct in the right direction, you know? Um, so changing the manual on 97 Honda Odyssey is better? Yes, it is. Um, okay, so if you wanna pass smog, the gearbox has nothing to really do with that. It's just that you have to make sure your radiance codes are proper. But when you start turbocharging, if you're in an area that has very strict rules against emissions equipment, 
you're not going to pass primarily because of turbocharging and you being able to change your engine management solution to allow for a reliable setup, you know? Thank you so much, Owen. Appreciate that, you know? Um, so, Landshark has a great question here. Landshark5010 says... <laughs> Sorry about the noise, guys, but the guys have to keep working. Um, he's asking, does VP100 Octane pump gas have any pros and cons without having a tune? So, let me share this with you. You know how Octane fuels have the capability of keeping detonation at bay? Do you know what it does to be able to allow you to not pre-ignite? It has to burn slower. So there are many things that happen from a chemical composition that allows, in a nutshell, the fuel to burn slower. By doing that, you don't have pre-ignition, you don't have compression that is a, a helper to ignite the mixture when you don't want it to. Sorry, sorry about that. So to do that, you put anti-knock agents, sometimes you use toluene, you can use benzene, you can use a lot of lead, you can use some other anti-knock agents to add to the fuel. So what does that mean with 100 octane versus 91 versus 87? If your car is set up from factory with 91 octane, it is optimized for power and efficiency for that fuel. When you add 100 octane, all you're doing is slowing down the fuel, which in turn creates an environment where when you burn, it doesn't do proper work on the piston dome because you need a certain amount of advance to do the proper work on the piston to make power. So what does that mean to you as an enthusiast? Going to a high octane fuel with a car that was set up for 91 doesn't help you at all. If anything, it can hurt you. Now, if you put 100 octane and then have timing advanced to take advantage of the increased heat that can come without pre-ignition, then you'll make more power. If you have a setup or a flash that was set up for 100 octane and you've been running on 91 and the ECU retards timing and adds fuel to keep it safe and you go to 100 octane, you'll gain. If you have a boosted setup and you are limited power-wise because of knock, having a higher octane fuel would help and you still have to tune for it. So just pouring fuel in doesn't make a big difference. If anything, sometimes it can hurt you. I hope that helps. My pleasure, senor. Thank you for the kind words. How many cars am I bringing to SEMA this year? Three. That's what we're bringing to SEMA this year. How do I feel about running two thin compression rings clocked at 180 so it's technical fully seated? So Kenosho, Kensho, how do I feel about, now I'm a huge advocate of running two ring pistons period, but you talk about two thin compression rings, let's say a 1.0 and a 1.0, and clocking a 180 so it's fully seated, that's great, but you know what's crazy? Please don't be upset with me, but when your engine is running, the rings do move. <laughs> so. Sometimes when you take an engine apart, you notice that they line up. Rings do move. Um, if you're building a really high efficiency engine, um, I wouldn't be opposed to using a total seal ring because that way you have no gaps whatsoever. But yeah, setting them up, you definitely want to set them up away from each other, but don't set them up on thrust areas. So if you, oh, I wish I had a piston dome. Let's say this is the top of a piston and the piston rocks like this, you have the pin going across. Don't set up the rings at any of these areas or across here. You want to set them where it doesn't look at a thrust area, where it doesn't go across the, the um, pin or 180 degrees of that. You want to set it in between. But yes, I'm an advocate of that, but bear in mind that after some times, rings do move around and they could line up. High class customs, great question. Good seeing you. Um, no, I'm not ready. You know, we're not ready for SEMA. Guess what, I have one car in paint and one car the guys are working over there. There's, there's Daryl, no, no, Alan over there, and 
there's Daron over there as well. They're taking a bit of a break. But no, we're not ready yet. Almost there, you know? How much does it cost for installation of aftermarket parts? It depends on what, show, what shop you go to. Some shop rates are $50 an hour. Some shop rates are $230 an hour. So it depends, you know? Oh, Ari's not here with me, Leo. Hey, Hetty, good seeing you. Thanks for joining, you know? Yes, the crank does turn opposite. Yeah, the Honda went with the K-Series and the newer Ds to the different direction, which is interesting. So that's why you can use similar engine management solutions for the D17 and the earlier K, which is pretty cool. Um, ah, Packer R says he had a chance to buy an Infiniti M30, which is rare, with VG in it, on its way out. Oh, so Packer R, please guys don't get mad at me or the answer I'm gonna give him, but Packer R, a cost-effective way to do it is the a swap with the LS. Don't kill me, but there's a reason why a lot of people drift with that. It's cost-effective and makes lots of torque, lots of power too, and it's very cost-effective. So that would be the way to go, in my opinion, you know? Do you have a job opportunities in the UK? Uh, no, I don't, but we do have partners in the UK, so I can probably point you in the right direction, but I don't have a facility in the UK at this time, you know? Do I still have the carburetor CRX that I had in the early 2000s, Turtle S? I don't have the chassis. I actually almost gave it away, pretty much, to my electrician who helped us wire up this place. Nice guys, two twins, actually. And they promised to bring it out, but it hasn't been out there yet. I, it was in my garage at home collecting dust, and it was my goal to get out there in its natural habitat racing. But what I do have is, I still have the carbs, I still have the engine, I don't have the gearbox. But I have the, end, the original engine that I ran 10.7s with, and the carbs, and I've learned so much since the late 90s, early 2000s that if I bring that car out again, it'll be way faster if I ever build that again, so you never know. Hello, Heavy Foot 94 Extreme Dimensions, great guys. We're gonna do some great things. So we have some of your components and paint right now, and I look forward to working you next year with that pretty cool Benz in the corner over there, you know? Um, oh, Vista, that's a very good question. Thank you so much. Um, JDM, uh, my shop is in Ontario, California, in Southern California, you know? Josh is asking, what's my favorite tire company? Toyo, that's what I love. There are Toyos on that, Toyos on that, Toyos on that, Toyos everywhere. I really like Toyos. They, they have such a wide range of great tires from, daily, from trailer tires for our trailers outside to high performance, even slicks. I just wish they had drag slicks. They did, they stopped, but they have tons of slicks for road racing. And the R888Rs, the new compounds are absolutely superb. They allow for great feedback on the track. They are fully streetable. Um, they do very well in channeling water away in wet weather. It's, it's just a great tire. I just love them. And they don't roar too much on the freeway, which is pretty nice as well, you know? Um, so Automatic Shorty is asking, what happened to my W202 project? Well, I still have the W201 project here. I got the vehicle to build for next year. So right now, my priority are the projects that we have for SEMA this year. Next year is what I plan on the Mercedes, unless something crazy happens, but I plan on building it next year. I acquired the car this year. We're already putting two things together to start early in the year, but it's great, you know? Smile Autos, thank you so much for the kind words. Lance Shark, my pleasure indeed. Yep, total seal, absolutely. Hello, S14, you know? Um, what would you day is a good exhaust for an E46? Josh, I don't know if you're asking what brand or size. Please clarify, and I'll be more than happy to, you know? Um, Leo's asking, hey, his 14 Odyssey has 50,000 miles. Is it too early to replace the spark plugs? It depends. If you have coppers, you need to replace it. If you have iridiums, which Honda does that, I think in 2014 they did as well, you can go a little bit more, but it's not a bad thing. It's not too challenging to get to. The bank in front is very nice, which is right there 
right behind the radiator. The bank in the back, I usually use, instead of one long extension, I use two short ones, and I put the short extension on the spark plug hole itself. Of course, you use a 10 millimeter and take off the coils. And then you drop that in, and I drop the second extension in for 3 8 loosen it, and by hand, root them. So it's not too difficult. It's not a bad idea. Get some, if I were your shoes, it's good. It's just good maintenance. It helps with fuel economy, helps with idle. Just go ahead and change it. It's pretty nice, you know? You know? So Fox is asking, is the car in paint happen to be blue? Yes, but a non-metallic blue, which is pretty nice. We talked about that not too long ago, which is pretty nice, you know? So Duran is here a lot, but Duran also has a shop, which is called Pyro Auto Group. Um, what's the progress on the wagons? So one wagon that Joe Guy is just chilling, it's just here. I can do but so many wagons at the same time. And the other wagon is being worked on very nice. Um, I would say right now they're working on the rear end. That's all I can say, okay? Yes, I saw the new 935 can. It is so awesome. It's the Porsche is really overdoing. They're just out of control. Just when we're trying to get into that whole throwback, they create a newer version of it. I'm very proud of them. I wish I could see it firsthand and see it track, but I will do time, which is pretty exciting. Composite bodies, hello, thanks for joining us. Good seeing you. Um, deep and deep, do you have a B-Series trans lingering around for sale? Not here, but let me ask one of the guys. Drawn, do you have um, a B-Series gearbox for sale? No, scores. Okay, he doesn't have one either, so Drawn doesn't have it, just asked him, but he does have cores if you want a core, but nothing, nothing proper right now, you know? Do you think I could rework the D17 crank oil passages? Um, I haven't studied it, but if it's pointing in the wrong direction, it's not worth the expense. If it points straight up, then you may be able to do that. But if it's pointing towards a location that is, lends itself better to clockwise rotation, you may be better off offset grinding and stroking it. As a matter of fact, I think really finding a, a shop, a machine shop that does stroking very well. There are quite a few in Southern California. There's Velios, I think there's Castillos. There's some companies that can do a good job and it. That may be more cost effective and give you more stroke by all means, you know? Um, Chuck that's saying, let's do an American muscle car build. Thinking of a 6.7 Fastbox and some turbo goodies. Chuck, I love projects. I love doing different things. But my next year is already slammed. So if you're thinking about 2020, let's talk. 2019 is already getting crazy. So thank you so much. Peru's in the house. Hello, JF. Thank you so much for joining me. My, my, my pleasure, Packer, by all means. My pleasure indeed. Hello, Booster Real Time. Good seeing you. High Class Customs is asking a good question. Am I ready for SEMA? Nope. We're going to be working on cars up to Sunday before the Monday of SEMA. I already know. But this year shouldn't be so bad, which is pretty nice. We start off with a multitude of cars, but now it looks like we're gonna have about three, which is pretty interesting, yeah? Oh, Brand Exhaust is asking for BMW. Um, I would say, of all the ones that are commercially available, I would think, huh, that's a really good question. I'm a big advocate of making custom stuff, but commercially, wow, that's a good question. Let me, let me, let me give that some thought. Um, wow, that's a good question. There's so many advantages of different companies. Um, wow, that's a, that's a tough one. Let me give this a thought. I like custom stuff, that's what I do. But there's one company in particular, I may want to see if they have certain valves for your own engine to make it, for a chassis to make it quiet and loud at the same time. 
But if I had a choice, custom is the way to go. Using Burns hardware, stuff from Vibrant, making your own, making things yourself, or finding someone to make something custom. But commercially available, you have to give it some, some more thought, you know? Oh, nice, supercharged W202. That's really cool, automatic. Thank you so much, you know? How is the drug ratio for me? Um, I, oh, I, I don't know if you mean the show from last year with Netflix, or if you mean the one we did recently, but if you're talking about the first season of uh, Fastest Car, it was great. Of all the shows I've done, that was the one that was the most fun to, with the people to work with, the production company to work with. Those are great guys there. If it comes to the other competitors, with exception of the gentleman who had the, um, the very nice domestic vehicle, who had the Ford GT, very nice, Eric was a really nice guy from Always Evolving, really, really nice. Um, the other two guys, they kind of cheated. I, I, I wasn't very pleased with that behavior. My pleasure, Leo. Yes, MJ, it is busy. You're crazy, you hear the noise we're making if you're still out here as, a cus, as, our, cus, as our neighbor. Hello, SOS, good seeing you. Good seeing you indeed, you know. Um, oh, this is a good question. Um, Packer has an A86, um, and he has a three swaps playing with a bicarbonate 4AG, bicarb KADT or beams. Now the beams engine is dope, very expensive, hard to get. A 4AG is nice, but unfortunately the bicarbs are too restricted. Very restricted. You know what I shared with a customer, and my advice would be if I was using a 4AGE, I would go, go as big as 50 millimeters. The 4AGE crowd, Toyota crowd, is very interesting. They keep looking at Formula Atlantic as a guide, but they were limited with rules, and technology was so old there. Putting 50 millimeters or even larger ITBs on a 4AGE wakes it up. I've done tests here in my facility right at that door with checking vacuum in an intake. And why am I checking vacuum on an intake? on an ITB that's carved, that was really small, it's like a 45 millimeter or 43 as well, 42, we tried them all, even a 40, is think of the intake manifold as an atmosphere that supplies the engine, which is a glorified pump. This atmosphere has to be able to have enough breathability to supply the engine with air at all RPMs that it operates in. If you ever pull a vacuum in your ITB where you're looking at the throttle plate, between the throttle plate and the valve, if you put any kind of port there and check it, if you ever pull vacuum, especially if that vacuum is more than one inch of mercury, um, an inch is big, 0.1 inch of mercury, that means your intake manifold is starving the engine for air. That means you're throwing away horsepower. It's very important at all RPMs that your car continues to exist in, in any environment that you do not pull vacuum, that you do not starve the engine for, for, for power, for air because air is the key to making power in any engine, especially internal combustion engines. So that being said, beams, great. People go crazy, oh, beams engine. It's very expensive. Would I want to road race that and beat that up? Maybe, maybe not. But a standard 4AGE with some large ITBs, a proper design header, will make a lot of power and be very reliable and stay true to the whole concept of an AE86, you know? Yes, wagon for life. Absolutely, I'm wearing a wagon shirt today, which is pretty nice, you know? So Art is saying, hey, hey, why can't I find any more parts for Hondas on your website? What you'll notice is that you don't find many parts. As a facility, we're moving away from retail. So I know that makes some of you very sad, but not all is lost. I may still have some items. So Art, if you're looking to buy some stuff now, I still have some stuff in, in inventory. Send me an email at sales at bcmo.com and I should be able to help you right now. But if you wait too long, I won't have much. We're focusing more on bigger project cars and on wholesaling. So I hope that helps. What are the best upgrades to do for a Honda J35? Well, it depends on how much power you want to do. If you want something that's just straightforward, you can do a cold air intake exhaust, 
an upgrade to some, some good oil. Zero W20 is what you can use on a new J35 without qualm. It provides you better gas mileage, better idle, and it's very good. I love the guys from Pure Oil, very good guys. Now, if you want to go crazy, like I do, next to the van, you hear me tapping it right there next to me, then you can do pistons, rods, port the head, camshafts, valve train, intake, turbocharging, upgrading to definitely a manual, if not manual gearbox already, and having a proper engine management solution, injector upgrades, flex fuel, and you can make a ton of power. You can make anything from 350 to over 1,000. The J series is very robust up until a point. The one thing I would change on the J series if I were to redesign the engine is to put more bolts in the crankcase. You see that Hyundai right there? I'm excited but also saddened by the fact that it has six bolt main stock. Why am I sad? Because I wish my Honda V6s had that. What you notice is when you push the J series engines a lot, you start seeing some crank cap walk, which is not very good. But what does that mean? We can have fun, but up to an extent. So I would say with the factory caps, when you start pushing north of 1,000 horsepower, things get a little hairy, but it's a lot of fun. Look at this thing. The van right here doesn't even hook up. It doesn't matter what you do. So showing me converting to all-wheel drive, it has a hard time hooking up, which is pretty interesting, you know? Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Fox, for the kind words, you know? Um, Keegan says, hey, BC, I know how you love working with unloved cars. Sorry, the guys are working. Have you ever thought about working with the G25 five-cylinder engine they made in the 90s? No, I have not. I have not. And one thing is that um, I think it's a misunderstanding that I just love looking for unloved engines and turning on the things. Sorry, just waiting for them to finish. The truth of the matter is I have the capability and, and desire to look at engines for what they are. If I find a head that flows well, I look at it. If I find an engine that's pretty cost-effective and has potential, I look at it. I don't go out of my way to look for unloved engines. For example, in the Honda world, K-Series engines are loved very much. I love the K-Series engines. I'm building one as we speak right now. For the Porsche world, people love Metzgers. I have Metzger cars here. I love Metzgers, which is great. But it doesn't mean that the M96, M97 engines are rubbish. They have a lot of potential. And we've proven that you can make over 1,000 horsepower with that without qualm and do it reliably for years. If, as always, you address all the shortcomings, which is pretty cool, you know? Um, I would love my cars in Forza 4 too, as well, Bamboo. It's up to the guys from Microsoft, you know? Um, top mount or front mount for under 400 horsepower? I want to do something different for RB and do a top mount. Now, do you mean intercooler or do you mean turbocharger? So, I assume you mean intercooler. And if that's the case, front mount is always ideal because it's always in a better path of air for heat exchange. Sorry about the noise, guys. The guys are fabricating over there. Hello, Ryan. Good seeing you. Thank you so much for joining. Hello, Clemente. The best turbo for 2JZ as a brand? I like Terminex and Precision. Those are my two favorite brands. It's pretty nice. Yep, black top for sure. Angro Ankle. I like that. <laughs> Ryan, you're too kind. Thanks for the kind words indeed. Appreciate that, you know? Um, so, have I messed with sing groups? No, I have not. Not at all. Thank you so much, Smile. You're too kind, you know? Sneak peek around the shop. Ooh. Street racer, you're very naughty. Um, <laughs> sorry about the noise. I'd love to, but you're going to see some of the secrets. I'll try. I'll try doing that after this secret. We'll walk around. I'll try and see what I can show without giving too much away, okay? Hello, A1A. Is there a serious difference between the 3S block and the 5S block? Um, please designate what model you're talking about. Make a model, please, you know? Hello, Jeff. Um, let's see. Uh, 
Is it, so Dr. Rex is asking, do I think it's possible to put a larger? Yes, with its A6 crank, you can go as far as 97 if you want to. And what ends up happening, you may have to modify the, and you can do this, it's not a challenge. When you start getting bigger strokes, you have to start paying, paying attention to the bottom of the cage because that can become a bit of an interference. You know that cage that holds oil, you see it on D-series, you see it on the Prelude engines, H22s, you see it on the F22s, that could be a challenge, which is price, you know? So which is faster, VC Honda or Hyundai? That Hyundai is definitely faster. If you look in the back of my shop, I don't think you can see it from there, but there are a bunch of holes dug up. I think property, property management is mad at me that this car, they're doing crazy burnouts and mashing out. So that's a faster car. It's rear-wheel drive. It was front-wheel drive when it came to us and it was converted. So it's much faster, you know? High class, nope, I'm not ready for SEMA, not yet. We're gonna be working to probably the Sunday before, which is pretty interesting, you know? Um, so have I ever thought about increasing the efficiency of the water-cooled intake manifold on the SI? Absolutely, many times. And we've done things to improve on it by all means, you know? My pleasure, DJ, you're very kind, you know? Um, so let's see. Uh, as a Honda boy, he, the CRZ hybrid, wondering why there's little aftermarket support for this car. I'll tell you one thing, it's because of appeal from the market. So we first got a, as it's still there, we have our very first CRZ built, which I, I think is still the most powerful CRZ, made 533 horsepower. It's just that people were, enthusiasts were shying away from the platform because it's a hybrid. Even though the hybrid opportunity with the IMA, integrated motor assist, is a, an advantage than a disadvantage, but just that people just didn't like it. You know what happens? It's on come full circle. That CRZ is a sexy car. It looks really cool. It's nice. It has a very nice throwback theme, giving a nice nod to the old CRX. It really is an undervalued car. I've seen them go for a very cost-effective manner at this time, but I think it's going to come full circle. In the Honda world, one thing saddens me, most people don't think out of the box. They wait for other people to do things and they start following. So it's kind of a, a herd mentality with that. That's okay. You know, not all markets are the same, but there's little aftermarket support because of lack of appeal from the enthusiast community. That's primarily the reason why, you know? Um, S14 is asking, what are things to study before going into tuning? What are top three subjects you can lock down in order to understand tuning? Well, I would say really engine concepts, auto cycle, what it means, how it works. I would say highly taking up a class like what Ben Strader has with EFI 101 or playing with our friends overseas. I think there's some tuning opportunities in Australia where they do things remotely and you can learn quite a bit about tuning but also experimenting on your own project yourself. Not with customer cars, not with your friend cars, but trying things yourself. And if anything, partnering with a shop that does tuning and trying to learn from a master, that helps tremendously. Thank you so much, you know. Um, I'm sure you would, EJ8. I, I will see what I can show because we've done quite a few things to improve on the efficiency in the SI. And some of that stuff is not ready for public consumption because we're still experimenting with it. But I'd be more than happy to share some of those items, you know. Um, so when it comes to turbocharging, do you, what profile cams with a night or wide or narrow? Now, I don't know if you mean lobe separation angle or if you mean wide or narrow duration. Well, I can express both. Engines love air. So what I have found is that even with turbocharged cars, you can get a significant amount of efficiency and power if you play around with the lobe separation and having it pretty narrow. Um, that way you can make much more power with less boost. The engine breathes most nicely, just your idle quality suffers a little bit. And then you tend to get a little bit laggy, unless you have some kind of cam control, where you can widen the lobe separation at lower RPMs and then narrow it in higher RPMs. When it comes to profiles, there's a part of limiting, I would say, diminishing returns 
So you can go up in duration and continue to make power and you get to a point where you're just blowing from the intake through the exhaust and that's where you stop. So I hope that gives you so much. The old adage of using narrow cams in terms of duration and also using wide lobe separation was an old wives tale. I'll say things from the 60s. That's from way back in the day when we didn't have access to technology today and doesn't hold true with efficiency and power nowadays, you know? Who does Honda use to rebuild parts such as transmissions? Who does American Honda? Honda as a brand, please share. Or do you mean Honda shops? Please do, because to rebuild, Honda typically would exchange gearboxes. Um, here in the Southern California area, a lot of shops use places like GearSpeed. Um, enthusiasts tend to put in components like from Quaif. So that's a pretty wide question, dip and deep. I'd love to be able to do that for you, you know? What would I say the best mods for EK9 Civic? So Josh, it depends. If you just want straightforward mods, I would say code intake, exhaust, and you're good. But if you want to go involved, a supercharger bolt-on is a very nice opportunity. A turbo kit is a very nice opportunity to make a lot of power. And cost per dollar is much better than trying to go full all out with NA. Even though I'm a hardcore NA enthusiast, I'm just trying to keep it real. So I hope that gives you some kind of insight with that as well, you know? Ah, LA said that he bought a new 1.5T Accord. Great choice, by the way. It makes 190 torque out of the box. I like it, but what could be done with bolt-ons and exhaust, assuming that anything's available? I'll be tell you something that you can do. Depending on the rules in your area, a downpipe and a cab bypass with a flash wakes that thing up. If you need some, I have access to some prototypes that can help you with a good, good cost. If you want a brand new one, I can sell you that as well. But you can have a downpipe and a cab bypass, and that 190 torque can easily get into mid-200s with those two items and a flash. With your stock exhaust, imagine that, which is pretty nice. Good to see you as well, IH, thank you, or LH, thank you so much, you know. What board gauge brands would you recommend? Um, I would say Miyatoyo. That's one I like. What's my opinion on the rumor that Mazda's bringing back the rotary engine in 2020? So, Keegan, I'm going to be visiting Mazda on Thursday, okay? Let me find out if that rumor is true. What I did see is that the road is coming back in production vehicles, but combined with a hybrid system. So it gives the best of both worlds. And that that engine is more of a derivation of your Renesis. That's what I heard. But after Thursday, let me find out, and I'll have some good answers for you then. It's pretty nice, you know? Who would I recommend I speak to to make a custom store crank for the D16? I would say there are two shops especially if you're in Southern California. Hi, Shell, good seeing you. Um, I would say Delio's, which is in Manhattan Beach, California, and I would say Lopez Crankshafts in Santa Fe Springs. Give those two people a call. I'm sure they can help you out, okay? Um, thank you so much. Um, DJ, I want to see some coverage on what we have done with the CRC. Okay, I can make that happen, you know? Lynn, yes, I am excited about the Veloster N. It's about time the Hyundai came out with an N, N division. Something more like a Mugen for, for Honda, something like an M division for BMW. And speaking of BMW, they took the chief head of the M division and brought them over to Hyundai. So you should see some really exciting things coming out from Hyundai, which is pretty nice, you know? Hello, Mazda the one, good seeing you, you know? So my take on Chevron versus Shell versus um, Shell V-Power. I have an AP one, it feels better and smoother when I use Chevron. So here's the thing, most base fuels are the same, but the added package makes a difference. The Trecoline in Chevron is absolutely superb, and I prefer it as well. And it's not just me feeling it, I know that the compound is very nice. And believe it or not, Shell's great, but Mobile's added package is very nice as well. I'm not a huge advocate of the other brand that starts with an A. So yes, you are not 
freaking out. Absolutely what you see is what's happening. So you should be very pleased to hear that, you know? Okay, what mods do I recommend for a 1990 EF non-SI? An intake manifold upgrade. That is one of the biggest things that helped out a lot. So what I would typically do on an EF non-SI is reach out to your friends from Rywire. They have this really cool kit that converts from dual point to multi-point SI. Go to your local wrecking yard, pull off an intake manifold off of a EG. D-series EG from the D15, bolt that on, put on the throttle body, run the right wire harness, put on the ECU from that 1.5 liter in the EG, and then you will see immediately, I'm telling you, it's crazy, a good 10 to 15 wheel horsepower increase, and you still pass emissions. And you don't have that weird skillet in your intake anymore, which is pretty sad, you know? Um, thank you so much. <laughs> so MJ Photograph is asking, any recommendations for the 2017 WRX for more power responsiveness without bringing the bank? I would say a cop tune, a cop tune and some Pure And that is a very cost-effective way of getting some power, which is very nice. Anything else will involve a turbo upgrade and more modifications, which can start breaking the, the proverbial bank. Mm -hmm. Yep, range extender, absolutely. You're absolutely correct, Angle Angle, you know. Uh, yep, sock exhaust by all means, you know. Uh, why would they? Well, Composite Body is asking, why would they bring back the rotary? Think about it. Even though I haven't built any rotaries, I do admire the Weinkel engine. They're very small, they're very lightweight, they create a decent amount of power for displacement, and because they're small and light, you can place them in different components or different areas of the engine bay to allow for a much better center of gravity. And because it's lighter weight, Guess what? Weight is the enemy of performance. I'm a huge advocate of lightweight components. Look at that, I have carbon fiber wheels on my car. Crazy, right? Lightweight 1552s on that one. So I'm a huge advocate of that. So there are many advantages to it. Lightweight, but the challenge was the older Wankos created, were hard to deal with with emissions, create a lot of heat and were very loud. So that creates some, some challenges. But in terms of weight, moving parts, way fewer moving parts. There are many advantages to that. And I'm sure if more manufacturers got involved, those Wanko engines could be even more efficient than currently, you know? Um, Kensho, we have got our hands on the new Hyundai um, i30N, but I'm not at liberty to share because I did sign some agreements with HMA, so please forgive me if I can say much, you know? Hello, doctor from down the street. Good seeing you. Thank you so much, you know? Uh, so, um, BMW E46, best mods for it. Best turbo kit, AM Infinity for E46. Plug and play application. You can do that. There's so many companies that make turbo kits. Some good companies out there too. Those two things are very good, you know? Uh, oh, Duran, what you looking at over there? Dude, I saw your, your eyes. How long did you put that up? Oh, I go? I'm, I'm behind on the questions then. <laughs> I'm really behind, you know? Oh my God. Oh, okay. So, my opinion on the capability of Mazda, Mazda 3 mods, I haven't played with much in the house. I know that that engine is a derivative, um, or that engine lends itself very well to the EcoBoost inline four-cylinder, which we made 900 horses with, so it has a lot of potential. I just noticed that that market is not supported very well. I think there's a lot of opportunity there, you know? Dip and Deep, his name is Duran. That's the, that's the name of the owner, you know? Um, yes, they do. Good point, Wanko. You're absolutely correct. They do use them in drones, by all means, you know? Um, so, what do I think about running the GE8 cams? Um, from the fit in the CRZ to keep all four valves open on the low RPMs. It depends on what region, because the Asian cams don't work well, the USDM camshafts, and the duration increases very small. 
I would say get a custom camshaft, which we can help you with. That's much better. The gains are very, very minimal, almost not even worth the expense. Hello, Teppo, good seeing you, you know. Um, curious about how they're going to overcome the fuel efficiency issues with the rotary. Oh, that's easy. You notice that Mazda, the engineers are pretty crazy. I mean, look at what they've done with their current engine designs. High compression, direct injection, things don't stop. You know, the one great thing quick about technology is it never ends. Think about it. Think about even today. It's almost like giving up on the internal combustion V8. Nowadays, everything from cylinder management to efficiency to direct injection, things continue to improve. The same thing happens with the Wankel engines. Things can be improved as time progresses, you know? Erwin, good seeing you. Um, if I have a Beastmore header for H Yeah, I do have one. I have one here. I have one design here. I'm trying to remember if it's set up for a Prelude or H2B. Either way, we can make it work for you. I'm gonna hook you up on a good price. That's no problem whatsoever. Um, okay, let's see. Just picked up an 064 runner for work. It has a Canon oil filter. Those affect my progress at all. Is there any things to keep an eye out? I've ever used dry filters. So here's the thing. Yes, it does help. So the, the filtration device, the Canon oil filters, does a great job in trapping rubbish. So you don't have a problem with getting contaminants in your engine bay. It flows much better than factory. Uh, one thing about Canon is their engineering is superb, so they still get cooler air into the induction, which is nice. The one thing to look out for is over-oiling. Make sure that it's never over-oiled. If it looks like it's really damp to the touch, you want to get that, apply the cleaner, clean it, hose it off from inside the filter to out, get it all out, and the pleats can really wick the oil very nicely. So you don't need that much. I just put a little, I need to do an example. I just spray just a little bit, it wicks very nicely and has that nice purplish coating and you're good to go. So it does affect miles per gallon in an advantage, not a disadvantage, but in an advantage, so by all means. Alfie, good seeing you, thank you so much, you know. What would I do, Landshark says, to wake up a D15B7 and also what would it take to make a 95 cent all-wheel drive? So, first question, camshafts help a lot, intake, header, exhaust. On a D15B7, wakes it up tremendously. Tuning also does a wonderful job for that. We have people running everything from Honda Challenge to guys who are running around the street. Tuning makes a big difference as well. To converge to all-wheel drive is also very interesting. Now, that is a little bit more involved and depends on what engine. If you're gonna keep with the D-Series, you can transfer everything from a real-time all-wheel drive setup on a Waggle van, but good luck. It's like fanning hen's teeth. Those are very hard to find and very expensive. If you're going B-Series or K-Series, grabbing components out of a CRV is the way to go. To be able to do that, it depends also on your chassis, but if you're doing something on a wagon, you're good. You don't have to do anything with the gas tank. If you're doing an EG, EF, EK, you may have to section your tank. It's a little bit more involved with fabrication, but it's not bad at all. I would highly suggest use stuff that's commercially available. Use stuff other newer CRV, CRV Element, and um, uh, Honda. Oh, am I drawing a blank on this other on this other model? Um, the one that looks like a wagon but a hatch, drawing a blank. Anyway, there are three models that have that, um, that you can be able to take advantage of, you know? Uh, Ping is on a Dodge Demon, awesome. I'm in a car that is already illegal on an NHRA track from factory. That's, my, that's my, my take, I love it. I love it indeed, you know? Well, you guys have so many great questions, you know? Not the pilot, um, not the pilot. There's another, there's another one. Uh, oh, you over-oiled it? Oh, no, by all means, um, doctor, you need to clean it. If you over-oil, it can hurt your math, by all means, you know? So, 94 cord, F20 or H23? Oh, you want, tell, you want me to tell you the one to go by, by all means? 
you think I'm crazy 904 cord, but F22A, the A, the A4 or A6. That thing floats, has so much potential. With camshafts, an H23 intake manifold, piston, which is just literally just a piston upgrade, you can easily make 230 to the wheels. Easy, eyes closed, which is nice, you know? Um, you know what you can do with H23. If you're lucky, you can get to 180, 190, if you're lucky. And it's very expensive to build. Well, relatively expensive compared to F22A. It's pretty nice, you know? Um, let's see. Okay. So, could we discuss the E93 M3 S65 4.0 V8? Tuning not available through AEM. What's your stance on the engine? I think it has a lot of potential. Um, yes, AEM does have a standalone for that. I know that Flash is available for that. Um, I haven't played around with the engine myself, so I can't get really super intimate with it. But just based upon the cam control, the shear displacement, and the V8 configuration, I think it has a lot of potential, by all means. You know? Cross tour, yes, DJ. The cross tour, thank you so much. Cross tour it is. Not Ridge Line, cross tour. Thank you so much, you know? Any interesting projects I'm working on, says 06 Danny. Yes, I'm working on the new resurrection of a Wago van. Now, resurrection may be a bad word because my old Wago van is gone. I tried buying it back when the guy sold it to, but he tried to triple the price. So I'm like, oh, I'll just start from scratch. So I'm building a pretty cool Wago van. It's a throwback. It's bigger, better, faster. So I'm pretty excited. And if you hear them, you hear that right now, that's fabrication happening on it as we speak, you know? So, ooh, Bikini saw a Sign TC with an EcoBoost swap. I think that's really creative. I'm a huge advocate of keeping engines with their marquees. I think that's pretty cool. That's really nice, you know? 96 NA Turbo Kit, not in the works right now. Um, if I'm to explore Turbo Kits, it'll be the M97 out of the Cayman, followed the 997, which may be able to get tweaked for the 996, but if you have a 1999 996, it's not gonna happen because there's no engine management solution out there for the 1999. It's a bit of a, a bastard, forgive my, my, my poor words, but a bit of, it's a bit of a bastard year for the 996. It had the mechanical throttle body, and there's no good engine management solutions for that. Any way to make that work is extremely invasive, but everything else that's e-gas, or I said um, um, electronic throttle body, is much better, and most likely slight modifications from the 997 may work on the 996, but I don't have any plans at this time for that, you know? BA16A or B18C4? Ooh, B18. <laughs> I like the B18. I just like the displacement. How about with a B16 head? That'd be the way to go. It's very nice, you know? I'm doing well, Thriller Gorilla. Thank you so much, you know? Um, going to replace this TCT on the S2000 for preventive maintenance. What brand do I recommend? Um, let's see. That's a good question. That's a good question. I haven't played with many different brands. Let me give this some thought. I'm not sure. Um, when you think of carbon synchros from Synchrotech versus OEM, I think they're a good, they're a good choice. Um, you can see a, an appreciable amount of shifting difference. It's much smoother. Lines up much better, smooths very, very nicely. My pleasure, Line Shark. My pleasure indeed. Um, my pleasure indeed, Matt. Thank you so much. Hello, Danny. Thanks for the kind words. I did good. Good seeing you. Thank you so much. Thank you, 06 Danny. You're very, very kind, you know? Love the Porsches. Thank you so much, Matt. Thanks for, for all means. Yeah, throttle cable is not the way to go, you know? <laughs> yeah, he did. He did start selling. It's okay. I mean, I appreciate the enterprising nature, but even if he made a little bit, I'll be okay with it. I would have bought it back. It was already caged. It was already blue. It was already done. But you know what? It's okay. I learned a lot with this. This chassis is actually newer than my 88. This one's actually a 91. So it's, it's, it's actually pretty nice. I kind of like the seatbelt mechanism, which is pretty cool, you know? Hello, C. Perez. Thank you so much, you know? My favorite generation of the Mazda would be the current one, the current ND. I like that very much, you know? New SI or WRX? Oh, that's so evil. That's so evil. That's so evil. 
I like, oh, that's so evil. Okay, I love the all-wheel drive with WRX. The new SI is pretty cool looking, and we had one here for quite a while, and lends itself very well to, to um, you know, it lends itself very well to modifications. Oh, I'll be asking, did I get to see Rod Emery at the Rensport reunion? No, because I didn't go. So I've seen Rod, we've hung out quite a bit. I did a Tech Tuesday there not too long ago at a secret facility, but I didn't go. Alfie, I was here working all weekend. We was here with the team, unfortunately, you know? Uh, which is pretty nice, you know? Am I gonna put an automated four point in it? Nope. <laughs> You're crazy, Fox. So funny, you know? Um, looking to the Z20 LED, oh, so much to do, so little time, you know? Josh is saying, would I say coilovers and proof forms? Absolutely. Compared to factory static, yes. Especially if it has tunability. If it's something from Progress, something from KW, oh, by all means. Hello, Tony. Good seeing you, Tony, Tony. Thank you so much. Internal wastegate versus external. CB7, great question. So here are my thoughts. If I'm confined to real estate, if I don't have much space, internal is great. Many times, if I'm trying to get high boost levels, and boost control is not super important to me, or I don't have limitations, um, or I have a little bit of limitations with how much boost I can run, I like the internal gates, which are pretty nice. They're very easy to work with. I have an internal gate on this car, which is pretty nice, because I was limited on space, being that it was a mid-engine. But on the blue one here, on the Odyssey here, I had an external gate. And external gates are very nice, especially if you want to control boost properly. So if you want to get away with low boost and you'll have a big gate that can control boost very nicely, that's the way to go. But for high boost applications, I'm okay with internal gates, and if the internal gate um, turbine is designed properly, or like the stuff Turbine X has, you can really do a good job in controlling boost nicely, which is pretty good, you know? Kony is okay. I haven't used much of that. I haven't used Kony's in over 10 years. Right now, I'm a huge advocate of guys from, if it's on Sport Compact stuff, I've done KWs, and I've done stuff from Progress, and the Progress guys are here at Anaheim, which is pretty nice, you know? Um, let's see. DJ says that 2015 Odyssey, how can it give a little more power without overdoing it. So a little bit of power, I would say exhaust, which is nice, you can get something custom because it's not really stuff commercially available. And intake, code intake which is nice, and upgrade to an easy, you know, this, Pure All Zero W20. This does a good job in giving you some power because it's much slipperier, much better lubricity, better protection, and it's pretty cost effective, which is pretty nice, you know. And a longer change interval. You can do five, 6,000 miles without worrying, which is pretty nice, you know. So I hope that helps, DJ. Um, walk around or co-start on the crazy blue Porsche. I'll, I'll see what I can do. That, that'd be great. I, that's something that I can do. I have a meeting coming in in, in, a, in, well, in about three minutes, so I may have to leave. But after they're gone, it's the guys from Momo that come by to have a meeting with us. Once the Momo people are gone, let's talk. Maybe I can do that. That shouldn't be a challenge at all. So guys, I, this has been a great session. <laughs> My voice is always almost forced. But thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate the kind words. Once I finish with the Momo guys, um, in terms of you know, our meeting today, I should do a walk around and we should have a good time. So guys, thank you so much for your audience. I appreciate everything you do. Take care, stay tuned, and see you next week or maybe sooner. Cheers. Thank you as well. Take care. Bye-bye.